What's up, guys? Here with you with podcast number nine of FC Wonder Kid. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well, but it has been a very, very busy week of football. And, uh, you know, last week we almost went over. So why don't we get right into it, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I really was, uh, I felt responsibility to deliver in this podcast because I have a lot to say. Mm. And as you can assume, it's going to be mm -hmm. the Portugal talk with uh, the Hungary and the Germany game. I feel like it's important to speak about these two games because in both, we saw two CDMs, Danilo and William, that yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go straight up. Khnatu needs to start. Yeah. It's unbelievable. A team like Hungary, which I, I, I'd, assume, I'd assume Portugal says we're the favorites here. We let's go with a, a possession-based team. Let's have Renato, you know. No, yeah. we go with two CDMs. Yeah. I. What do you think about this? Like this is. I mean, I, he was he was a lightning rod versus uh, versus Hungary. Uh, you know, I know Hungary came back and and drew drew France, but uh, ultimately, I don't know. You look at that and you say, hey, this is a guy that might be able to do some things for us. Uh, maybe I give him the start, and uh, I was I was very surprised when I saw that eleven. Um, even more surprised when I saw the outcome, and I, I could only think about you, Alex. I could only think about you. <laughs> and I'll 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 tell you another thing. I'm watching the game. Uh, I see the first half. I yeah. see the team. I'm like, okay, I understand. He's gonna come come back in the second half. He'll bring on someone. No one. No one. I, I'm thinking, okay, my to my friends, no worries. Something here will happen. Not, uh, 60th minute, 70th minute, we'll see a substitution. Nothing. 80th minute, he brings on Khnatu and Rafa. Like, how does he take so long? Like, I'd say any Portuguese person watching that game would have done the substitution earlier. I don't get it. And you would think after seeing that, after that masterclass by Khnat Sanj, because the real MVP of that match against Hungary was Khnat. Because the moment Khnat came on, the game changed. And I'll say another thing. I want to really mention this. Pelinha should play next to Khnat. Okay? It's not Danilo. It's not William. It's Pelinha. Because he is the best CDM of the three. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And this is another thing I really want to say. We're playing Germany. Okay? Germany. A team renowned for their fullbacks. They had yep. Philip Lam in their history, okay? And you, yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you know many more fullbacks that Germany has. And yep. they have Kimmich right now, which is, a, a let's say, a, a, a Philip Lam region that's playing at right wing back. You would think we would prepare to have really good fullbacks against the German fullbacks. No, yeah. they were crossing. We were letting them cross. We were, I don't know what Nelson Smith came up I don't know if he, he was like, I'm going to play against Germany. No, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I really, this is a Fernand Sanch expose. Cancel yeah. is injured. Fernand Sanch exposed. Yeah. This wouldn't have happened if Cancel had played, Breton. Yeah. Okay, this is, this is true. But it happened. And I even played Dalo even, uh, above Nelson Smith. And yeah. I'd like to say something else. Pelinha. If Pelinha had played against Germany, I can assure you, because I saw Sporting play, 
Benigna goes to the to the wings and defends. He's so good at supporting the, his, the fullbacks. Yeah. Benigna would support magnificently Nunmenj, which I'll say it on camera. I'll say this on camera. I'm going to go bold. Joshua Kimish wouldn't have had such an easy game like he had with Nunmenj. Okay. All right. Well, I don't think Rafael Kler was prepared. Tactically, I don't think he even had a talk with Fernand Sanch before the game. It was like, a, you know what to do. Yeah, right. You know what to do. Leave the German fullbacks alone. I'm so, I'm so mad, Breton. Like, I, I was so happy after the Hungary game with the Ronaldo performance. I was going to come here glorifying Ronaldo. That, I was expecting a hat-trick against Germany. Oh, my days. And this is what I'm here talking about. Ah, uh, it's tough, man. It's I tough, like, but... I I mean, I don't mean to listen. You're, you're the expert when it comes to this. uh, And you're obviously, this is, this is football, especially football as a fan or as a countryman. Uh, But when it comes down to it, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta play devil's advocate here and basically say Germany was phenomenal. Right. Uh, But, but leaving those fullbacks. Yeah. I mean, free reign of terror on either side to just drop in crosses left and right. That made no sense to me whatsoever. And you know me, I'm not a tactic. It's no, more no. like, like what is going on here? And why, why does this continue to happen? And there was no audible to use a football term. There was, I'm sorry, an American football term. There was nothing that was, that was happening there. And it just seemed, I don't know, two own goals though. That's enough to deflate any team, right? I was, I was very surprised because for then such, yeah. Has the only card that Fernand Sanch has as if you were to ask me before that match, I'd say Fernand Sanch is an excellent defensive coach. Okay, yeah. uh, he's known as an excellent offensive coach. Like, sorry, I needed to say this is what I felt like. No defense was there. Yeah. No defense. No oh. one was marking the fullbacks. Again, it's embarrassing. And Palinha, Renato, Brun. This will be the midfield. Like in years to come that people say, why don't we play them? And even André Silva. Won't you give minutes to André Silva? Bruno, I mean, Bruno was barely even on the ball. I, that whole match. Look, How is that I'll, even possible? I'll be honest. Bruno, I don't know what happened in that match. But Bruno has a tendency of sometimes disappearing. Okay, sure. it's true. He didn't perform that match. It happens, but if he's not performing, you as a manager, what do you do? You replace him. You got Pot, the yeah. top goal scorer in the Portuguese league. Why? If you need a goal, why don't you put him? Who are you going to put? Who are you going to put? Like, this is embarrassing. Embar- I don't... Like, if if someone comes to me and says, oh, I'm I'm starting to think Fernand Sun should be sacked, I'll be like, I understand you. Okay, right. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying that we we should sack him, especially in the middle of the tournament. Obviously, no. But yeah. after the tournament, if this continues, these decision making, the uh, these decisions like substituting a player at the 80th minute against Hungary, if this happens, I'm sorry, it's not. It's not it. Well, With, here, hearing you fired up is. Uh, I don't know how we should just end the podcast now because you just no you just no, got, no 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 I, no. I, I'm, I got I'm a just, lot of I'm stuff. That, that'd be too bad. I'd, I'd be so sad if we finished here. Because <laughs> well, he, he, here's here's the nature of football, right? It's a forgiving tour. It's a forgiving tournament, right? 
24, 24 play, 16 make it through to the next round. Yes, it's it's a tough loss, but Portugal has to find some way to, and obviously they have the quality to find the way back. And uh, they don't exactly, I mean, okay. Last five meetings, I think it's uh, what, one win Portugal. We know which one that was, one draw and three losses. But but I believe I believe they have the quality to figure out how to eke through. And to be honest, if you eke through via wild card, it's actually it could be a better way forward for you uh, than finishing second um, and, and going on from there. But you see, but that's sad. Yeah, I know we're in a tough group. We're in a tough group, but the 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 quantity of talent that we have mm-hmm. is far superior than Germany. Yeah, right now, and that's what I don't like. You know, let's yeah. start being uh, achieving our potential as Portugal should expect and should demand to be the best. But yeah. uh, we're going off here. This is well. The well let me let me just make one little point to you um, from somebody who's who's obviously had a lot of success uh, with the well with the Portuguese national team and and all these amazing players that have been coming through. Um, now you know a little bit like uh, what I felt like. Uh, when the U.S. couldn't beat a lowly, uh, not to call them lowly in a bad way, but uh, a very low-ranked Trinidad and Tobago team uh, just to make and punch their ticket to the World Cup in 2018. Uh, you can imagine what type of deep depression I went into for, for days afterward. Um, and, and I'm not, I, you know, we, we were looking at a Christian Pulisic at 18 years old crying on the field because it was going to be a 4 slash well, yeah, a four-year wait to potentially get the possibility to do it again. So uh, there's still games. There's still a game to play, but absolutely. I, I, so, there you go. That's the thing. That's the thing. If he's going to get back in your good graces, right, um, what does he have to do versus France? And I'm sorry because we didn't discuss this beforehand, but. Uh, no, no, no. Thank God. I, I love the question. I love the question because if what is he, what, first of all, he needs to start not. Okay. Because if he doesn't start Khnat against Kante and Pogba, we've got two trees in the middle of the, the our midfield. William and Daniel. They won't move. And if you know Kante, he moves a lot. Yes, he does. A <laughs> lot. So if we keep those two, we're dead. We're yeah. dead. It's simple. Yeah. I I'll, I'll even I'll even see the match lineup and I'll be I'll be crying beforehand. Uh but and I like to see Nunch. I don't care. I want to see Nunch. I want to see Nunez. I think Mbappe against Nunez would be its pace, its strength, and its ambition and hunger. And Nunez has that. Okay, and I'm that's. I don't think Fernand Sanch needs to put Nunez. Okay, I wouldn't judge him if he not if he didn't put. But I'll judge him if he doesn't put Khnat. That's for sure. And I'll judge him if he doesn't put Andre Silva in the second half if we're losing or if we have it. We're in a draw. Okay. I because we need goals. Yeah. Okay. Goals, Pot, Andre Silva, maybe Rafa. You know, we need that injection and sooner than the 80th minute. I'll judge if he does the substitutions again in the time that we need, and it's in the 80th minute. That's wow. what. That's my. That's my answer there, Brent. <laughs> All right. Well, it, it also it's a little bit crazy to think that France actually is going to need. Uh, they're going to need a result uh, mm-hmm. after that tie to Hungary or that draw mm-hmm. to Hungary. So um, it, it's going to be two two full squats. Imagine full if squats. Hungary had Dominic Szabolcs. It would uh, have been a much more difficult team to play against, yeah. and maybe they would have won against France. 
and, and, and COVID, COVID craziness aside, seeing that full stadium in Budapest, that was awesome. That was pretty. <laughs> I mean, well, when, those, it, when the Hungarians took the lead, oh man. I had a couple of friends there and they were, oh. they enjoyed it. They loved it. They loved it. They said it was amazing. They said yeah. it was amazing. Uh, but we got more matches in the Euros that we need to talk about. Uh, I wanted to go with the England-Scotland match because I feel like it's appropriate. And I wanted to mention something that the best midfielder in that game, in the England-Scotland match, was Billy Gilmore. Of course. Okay. He was the best midfielder next to teammate Mason Mount. Yeah. It was Billy Gilmore. I was... I loved it. I was so surprised with how good he was. Like, pressure. You saw the pressure he was doing to Mount. Mount was hating him. Fantastic performance. Billy Gilmore, I think he's like the MVP in every first match he does. So, it's appropriate for him to be the MVP of this this match. We'll we'll see if he keeps his spot. But that was... uh, Yeah, that was beyond his years. And uh, certainly, something we've all come to expect, I guess. But... He does. He needs consistency when it comes down to it. And obviously, when it comes to international play, um, you, yeah, you don't just get consistency because you're one of the best on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get consistency because you got to earn it. But I believe that was just your third cap, right? Yep. I, I mean, you know, he's he's not really young anymore. He looks like he's 14. Um, <laughs> but, but the way he took on that pressure, and obviously it was – there was a degree or, you know, a, 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 you know this player, right, mm-hmm. now – and you know how to play against them. You've done it in training. Um, yeah. Let 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 us see it, and we're going to unleash you on him. And and he was able to neutralize it. But that, you know, that's that's the type of uh, that's what you want. And could you imagine if a McTominay, if they actually had the quality, maybe in center of defense, if a mm-hmm. McTominay could be in the midfield uh, there with them instead of I believe he was at center back, right? Um, yeah, but. Uh... I was surprised, too, that Harry Kane didn't show up. And it's two matches. Uh, Harry Kane, I don't know what's happening, but uh, I would recommend next match, third match in the in the, the qualifying. It's like, he needs, to, he needs to get it done. He needs to get it done. Against Croatia, I do understand it. It can be a very high-level team because yeah. they know how to play with each other. But Scotland... I think you could perform against Scotland, you know. So, I, I'm expecting more. I'm expecting more. And, and you know, that's another instance of, uh, I mean, Raheem Sterling, Foden. Foden wasn't off, but he wasn't his, his same self, although he did have a couple electric moments. Um, but, yeah, you you. I'm trying to see here. Did Jaden Sancho make the field? I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Where's Sancho? No, but Sancho is, isn't... Sancho hasn't had one second to prove himself, okay? Yeah. Harry Kane, I'm not saying Harry Kane shouldn't. Should, uh, Harry Kane is a must starter, but yeah. the other players that are perfor- uh, that are playing instead of Sancho, yeah, come on, I wouldn't. I would. Yeah. I'd, I'd at least give a half to Sancho, at least ahead of Rashford. I put Sancho ahead of Rashford. I don't yeah. think that's bold. Come on, United is having. Uh, discussions to get Sancho for 80 million. Okay, if Rashford was Rashford, like the Man United fans expect him to be, like mm-hmm. the goats in the making, they wouldn't be getting Sancho. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. the truth. So he should have some minutes at least. 
Uh, I agree with you. I think it, yeah, it was Grealish for Foden at the 63rd minute. It was Rashford for Kane at the 74th minute. And really, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that game was just calling out for uh, for a Jaden Sancho appearance, and it, it just didn't come. Um, uh, yeah, but another thing is it's true now. Bale, uh, Bale wasn't lying. It's Wales Golf Madrid, or was it Golf Wales Madrid? I don't know, but Madrid was last. That's what I remember. Yeah, and Wales was there at the top. Leader, leader. I did say I did say he was going to be a menace, but I wasn't expecting Turkey to be so bad. I said Turkey was a dark horse. Okay, um, I'm going to expose myself here, but I was expecting more. How yeah. does Turkey perform this bad? Do you have any explanation oh, on that? And no, I don't. And and that's one where I if we have any Turkish followers, uh, which I know we do, please chime in here because it's it confounds us. It makes no sense. I mean, you've got a couple warriors in the back there, but hey, it's one of those instances where you can you can put them all on paper and say this is a good team. This is a dark horse. Yeah. And then when they play together, it ain't the same. It just ain't, it's just the same. It's I not. I was so hyped with Yilmaz. The amount yeah. of goals he'd score. <sighs> I've been underwhelmed by Yaziki. I've been underwhelmed by quite a few players um, on there. I, I actually can't even think of somebody that is really, really impressed. I mean, have but, you? Well, yeah, but uh, going on another note, you were right about Locatelli. Uh, yeah, I mean, that one, that was like, if I could put money on that, I should have put money on that. I mean, we both, we both like Locatelli. And yeah. see, he's not just, he's not just what a lot – He's a whole lot more than what people think he is, right? Mm -hmm. And he can go from box to box. He can stay put. He can do yes. whatever you need him to do. He's versatile as hell. And I, I just can't. I think it's only because he was Sassuolo mm -hmm. um, coming into this tournament. Obviously, if he was Juventus and he was ah, uh, whatever. 100%. You're right. You're right on there. People often judge players because they're not on the big teams. And yeah. that's that's so bad. That's so FIFA culture, you know? Like, oh, he has. he doesn't have enough pace. He's not a good center back. Yeah. It's not. It's not all about pace. Cialini, every game he plays for Italy, he proves that it's not about pace to be a center back. Positioning, awareness, anticipation, communication skills, <laughs> like oh, I guess I, I. That's another topic itself. <laughs> like, it it uh, is. Well, definitely on the international level. I mean, that it just doesn't matter. The slate is clean. Nobody gives a crap what club you come from. And it's exactly why a team, an 11 from Hungary, can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a France. You know? True. It really has nothing to do. Yes, in the end, quality wins games. Uh, moments win games. But it's that's what that's what's so great about football. It, it's a even playing field to start. And uh you, you said you said something you said something great about football and i was thinking great you said the word great kevin de bruyne oh my god did yeah. you see that pass yeah the I saw that. great pass that pass that you think he'd shoot but he passed the ball and he shocked not just the opponents but the but the people watching the game yeah he I love sees it. I passes that we don't even see on the on the screen you saw all like the backpedaling defenders falling down, ice skating, trying to change where they were going in order to uh, get in front of it because he surprised the crap out of people. Come, I mean, come on. You go from a broken eye socket, right, yeah. uh, to losing Champions League final, which has got to hurt, right? That just has to sit with you or it 
you know, big mm-hmm. players, big players, it fuels you. And KDB is, is here to, he's, he's here to get things done for Belgium. Um, and man, all it took was what? 45 minutes. He what came you on reckon though? What you reckon? No update on Belgium. Cause well, it's, it's important. Like Lukaku is delivering. Yeah. De Bruyne seems hot. Like he, yeah. he he's in form. Yeah. What do you I, expect here? Do you expect? I still, I still have him as finalists. I do. Um, okay. You know, I I know I know I'm getting uh, shtick for my uh, for my Denmark pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though they're playing obviously resiliently and and pretty amazingly, all things considered. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, and and I know I'm getting a, a little bit of flack for Austria, but yeah, Belgium was probably the biggest thing across. Okay, I picked the number one ranked team to to be a finalist. Uh, but but I just I love it. I mean, we talked about their defensive potential frailties, right? Them losing Castagna's. They tough. still have it. They still yeah, have they, it. They, they still have it. But if you can keep people on backpedaling like a KDB can, like a you know, uh, hell, even a the two Hazard brothers. Uh, who knows if they can step it up a notch as they move on. But, but, but I'll Luka- tell you something. Like I'll tell you something here. If Belgium faces Italy, I think mm-hmm. Italy's beating Belgium. Right now, I, I I think Italy beats Belgium. We can say there's an argument there because Lukaku does know the center backs. Lukaku mm-hmm. plays in Serie A. He performed there extremely well, so he can have a goal or two. Yeah. But I still feel that Italy team. I, I, I feel that who Belgium gets next. I don't know how how it's going, who they'll get next. But if they get a team with a top striker that can bully those center backs. It'll be interesting. It'll be tough. It'll be, it's tough. be tough. But uh, speaking of tough, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about how, obviously, with the, with the Ericsson um, situation, how that mm-hmm. second game was going to be for Denmark. And, man, did they come out. I agree. Come out with some fire and some, you know, intent uh, to hurt Belgium. And, and you could see it. Belgium was on the back foot for the majority of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It took a Kevin, it took a Kevin De Bruyne, world-class <laughs> player coming off the bench, to obviously change the tide. Um, but I got I to gotta, uh, isolate a Mikel Damsgaard. Uh, a 20-year-old plays for, uh, I believe he plays for Sampdoria. Yeah. He, he made the jump over there, uh, has really taken his time, you know, trying to kind of get his footing in Syria. Uh, but ultimately, he was charged with, you can't fill Ericsson's boots per se, but he was in charge of trying to have a Christian Ericsson-like effect on the game. And he did his damnedest. I mean, he had five dribbles won. Uh, he was jump-starting counters. He was navigating tight spaces like he had been doing it for years with the Danish national team. And it was just a lot of fun to watch before De Bruyne and Lukaku took over. But I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about that player. Yeah. And he really surprised me. I, I was I was really happy to see like a player give, and especially a youth player. That shows how much the Christian Eriksen moment meant to the Absolutely. to this group of players. Absolutely. I'm sure they're gonna carry it to the rest of their careers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's shocking. But they proved they they made Ericsson proud in that first half. For sure. Damn right. For sure. Fantastic mm-hmm. first half. Fantastic first half. Yeah. Well we can we can we can go off here with the with the Euros, but pff, so well, much to I, talk I about. Got, I got one last thing to say here. I mean there were there okay. were two others, three others actually I wanted, and we can run through them really quickly. But uh Alex Zinchenko. 
versus okay. North Macedonia. Okay. I don't know how you do it. I don't know if it's even realistic. You know City's squad a little bit better than I do. But Zinchenko in the midfield, I love it. I love it, man. I really I want to see more of it because, I mean, he was winning tackles left and right. He was kind of the metronome for, for Ukraine, and they needed that win, and they got that win. Um, I believe he's actually leading the entire tournament in tackles one. So, mm-hmm. like, by far. I think he's averaging six a game. I know only two games have been played. Um, but that's, that's important. And, uh, if you were worried about Zlatan not being with Sweden, uh, and I know Sweden's not exactly lighting us up in terms of, wow, this is an amazing team to watch. Uh, but Alexander, Alexander Ishak is phenomenal. And, uh, he showed that against Slovakia once again, they needed a win. They got it. They're now sitting on four points. Uh, but there was, there was like that near the end of the game, he took on three or four Slovakian defenders. I saw that. Like, what a moment. I loved it. What a moment. Like, then, Isaac, yeah. oh, yeah, he performed. He performed. He really did. And that's something I want to see. I want to see where he moves, if he moves after this tournament. I mean, could I see him staying at Real Sociedad? Sure, absolutely. Um, but mm. but I, no. I do think I do I think the Sharks are circling. Yeah, exactly. What? Dortmund wants him back. That's my guess. Mm. It would be a smart bet. Like they'd sell Holland and maybe get Isaac on a cheap because they, they'd pay thirty million, right, for for Isaac. I think so. Uh, that's that, that. I I think it is. I think it's half. I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's still a good deal if it's thirty. Yeah. I don't know. Like well, the last, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No yeah, worries. No worries. Like like let's go one. to the next topic. Well, no, I'm not done yet. I got one what? more. We have to say it. Have to say it. It's the Remember Patrick we Schick. talked. We talked. No, we should talk. We haven't spoken about <laughs> the 25-year-old Patrick Schick. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is somebody that's been lightening up for the Czech Republic. He hasn't really figured out his club game yet, but uh, he's been pretty phenomenal. And that obviously that goal was unbelievable. Uh, but no, no. I mean, we talked in those, uh, what was it, five players to watch? Five breakout players for the U21 Euros? Mm-hmm. And obviously we talked about Jude Bellingham. This was like three or four episodes ago. Um, well, Jude Bellingham broke the, the record. We talked about that, right? Broke the record, youngest player ever to uh, appear in a Euros game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, not even a couple of days later, Kasper Kozlowski did come on for Poland. Yes, and he he's did. 100 days younger than Jude Bellingham. And he beat the record, becoming the youngest. Um, and, and I just wanted to make you remember make everybody remember that this kid not even a little more than 18 months ago was in a hospital bed uh with a broken back broken hip um and then had six seven months off almost i think more than that and has continued to just find his way uh into the the highest levels and the only thing that's next is making that that big move and if there's not somebody coming in for uh him after this tournament uh if they weren't already looking at him previous to this tournament, they sure as hell are now. Uh, so hopefully we see him a little bit more uh, moving forward. But he broke that record versus Spain. And, man, that's a that's a good team to break that record against. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that is true. Kasper Kozlowski, two players breaking, breaking records in year 2020. Jude Bellingham and Kasper Kozlowski. Fantastic stat. Unbelievable. True. Now, we can go with the 17-year-old talk with To The Golden Boy. A hundred nominees are out, and <laughs> we got a couple of them we want to highlight. I'll start with Jeremy Doku. 
Yeah. Which is super fitting to be there. Yeah. And I feel like he's going to the transfer market this, this summer mm-hmm. with many people seeing an 18-year-old winger for Belgium right now in the Euros. We could get him for 50, 60 million maybe. So what do you think? Like I saw Doku in the list. I was straight away. I was attracted to that name. Of course. Of course, uh, you know, him and Camavinga winding up in the same place at Ren, uh, it's just unbelievable that you did, that, they're, that they've even been able to hold on to him that long, both of them that long. Mm-hmm. I know I know Doku just got there, but watching him make his uh, transition from Anderlecht um, to Stade Rene has, has been pretty amazing. And he's just one of those guys that has just this innate talent to break open defenses if he gets the chance to. Uh, I think he needs to build around the rest of his game. Uh, but he, he had an impact last year, even amidst his first year in Liga 1. So I, I think he's going to, yeah. I don't know. I mean, do, do you think he makes a big, high-profile move after this? We keep thinking we're going to see him for mm-hmm. Belgium. And uh, he might yeah. need to, I think there's going to be a game or two he'll come off, come off the yeah. bench because he's very fast. He's really good with those dribbles. Like yeah. the stats proved themselves in Liga. I think he was above Mbappe and Neymar and dribbles past in Liga. But uh, you got Doku, you got, mm, I'm hearing, I was seeing the names. You got Moriba, you got yeah. Rodrigo, uh, Gio Reyna and Virts. You got those two. Who do you think you'd rank above now? Girena or Virts? Having this quick oh, golden boy talk. Come on. Goodness. Um, <laughs> you're killing me. I mean, I just watched Reyna have a pretty amazing effect on a U.S.-Mexico final uh, to win mm-hmm. the Concacaf Nations League. Uh, to do that, it's a little bit different. Uh, USA-Mexico is a little bit different. Um, I, I don't know. But then Florida... But he still he did it in the under-21... European tournament though in the final against Portugal. Virts yeah, was. and and that's yeah that's the other thing is Virts also led his team. Um, so it's just yeah one is the one is the full international team and the other is is not. But we know that Virts probably deserved to have a roster spot um, in this Euros, or he certainly wouldn't have looked out of place, right? He mm-hmm. would have had something to offer to this team. Um, but I don't know. I come on, man. I I, <laughs> I do think Reyna has a higher ceiling. I okay. absolutely. Reina has a higher ceiling, but where do I rank them for these Golden Boy nominees? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But but you you bring up a good point. I, never before that I know of. I mean, I'll have to go back and take a look at this this Golden Boy whatever. And I, some people just kind of throw it away and they say it's a, like a popularity contest. Others love to look at it. It becomes their shortlist for Football Manager or FIFA moving forward. But there are three Americans on it, and that's that's pretty amazing to me just from a, it's like a seminal moment for, for <laughs> Americans everywhere to see you got Gio Reyna, you have Eunice Musa. And then, you know, I love Brian Reynolds. I think he's got a lot to offer, but I think it's a little early to have him on the nominees list. Um, mm-hmm. And it'll be very interesting to see a Brian Reynolds in the hands of a Jose Mourinho at Roma. Uh, but the fact that there are three Americans there is very, very cool. I mean, it's... It is, it is, it is. And I re- I wanted to mention another player that gets... I don't I don't think gets a lot of love. And I feel like it's not because if he was English or he was Italian or French or even <laughs> Portuguese, you get more of my love. But Zolish. Zolish at Pauk. He's in the nominees. And when I saw his name, I said, he deserves to be there. A hundred percent. And it saddens me that people don't see him like we do 
because he's that good. He's he's 19 now, yeah. and I can assure you, Dortmund, all these teams that are gonna like Sanchez leaving Dortmund, I don't think Zolich is a bad fit to go to Dortmund. He's got the numbers. He's got the quality. Extremely overlooked player. Okay. Well, uh, the the only other thing I wanted to bring up there is if you take, say, maybe the five top favorites for the Golden mm. Boy, um, I'm looking at Bellingham, Saka, Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Pedri. Uh, and if you count Musiala as, 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 as an English. Uh, no, I'm just saying that that three of the top five favorites. Oh, we sorry. Know Pedri. Pedri we, we can talk about who he actually thinks is going to win in a second. <laughs> But three of the top five favorites being English, I mean that's if they've got one hell. If they can figure out how to actually piece all these these uh, these young guys together, they're gonna they're gonna be a scary scary national team for years. You see, to it's very interesting for us to have this talk now because now we with the golden boy. I'm thinking here, England will have Foden on the wing, maybe Sancho yeah. on the wing, Hudson Odoi on the wing. Noni Maduke on the wing. <laughs> if we go, if we go deep here, and I'm sure there's and Mason Greenwood, Saka, like if you play Saka Greenwood, on the wing, of course, yeah. of course. So the options, it's it's unbelievable. But Greenwood needs to be in the top ten list, to say the least. Okay, top five, hundred uh, percent. But Jude Bellingham and Pedri, those two top three, top three. Jude because yeah. he scored in the Champions League knockout stages. And is in the debate to start for England. Yeah. And Pedri, because Pedri is Pedri. <laughs> yeah. He is, yeah. so, is not so who do you pick? Say. Pedri? Who, who do I pick? I, I think it comes mm. down to Jude or Pedri. So who do you pick? I pick Pedri. I pick Pedri because um, I think Jude is going to be a better player. Uh, okay. He's going to have a better career than Pedri. But Pedri this season, I, he didn't come to Barcelona to start straight away. Jude did okay, Jude is 16 going to Dortmund. You don't expect him to to start straight away and he does have an impact too. But Pedri's doing it at Barcelona. And he's passing the ball to Messi. Okay, so he's in the middle of all these legends in such an iconic camp now. Yeah. La Masia talents against him. Coming on a low fee. It was five million when it was announced. Now it's thirty, okay? But Pedri didn't have the expectations. He demanded for himself, as we can see. Because the biggest Las Palmas uh, hustle you, you've fa- ever got. Five million euros for this kid. What a player. Fan. It's not uh, no, we, now we know it was like twenty five million. Right, right. You know those They're, sketchy Barca deals. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Laporta won't do them like Bartomeu, but that's a whole <laughs> other conversation. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting Pedri to be this good, and that's why I'm gonna give him the underdog, the the prize in this. And I'm game. I'm gonna agree here, and, and just attack on to your point that that I mean, he's he's also learning from Messi. He's not just playing with him. He's not just playing day in day out. He's he's mm-hmm. learning from him, and he's soaking it up, and and he's that type of a player. Um, I, I I mean, and he's also in just this rare Barcelona moment where they're actually going to play him through his mistakes is what it seems like, you know, and, and the very few mistakes he does make, cause he's very technically sound. He's very smart for, for his age. Um, you know, it, it's just a sign that they expect this kid to be like a fixture of the new generation yeah. of, of Barca. And uh, it sucks for a guy like Ricky Puig. It sucks for a guy, uh, others that, that 
really are, would like to work their way in there. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately he's, he's shown that he's willing to learn um, from what he's doing. And the fact that he's got another year or two potentially from Messi, we'll see. Um, I, I, I do. That shouldn't be why he wins golden boy, but frankly, we're talking no, about, <laughs> they're, they're both young. They're both going to be golden boys for, I don't know, the next four years, three years. It's unbelievable. Yes. And there's another nominee too, in the Barca midfield and that's Moriba. Yeah. Which he should be a nominee. And I'm super excited for the expectations of Moriba. Frankie De Jong, we yeah. didn't mention in the Euros, but Frankie De Jong with Pedri. That's such a good such a good ball possession duo there. Because the yeah. ball will you won't lose it easily. You won't lose the ball easily. But I think it's too soon to have Moriba Pedri Frankie. It's too young of a midfield. I feel like a Wijnaldum deal, if it were to happen, it would have been nice. But that's that's a whole other conversation. But Moriba being there, also there, uh, shows yeah. that La Masia well, well, hasn't stopped pumping talents. No, no. I mean, let's look at the last few golden boys, right? Mbappe, mm-hmm. De Ligt, João Felix, Holland. Obviously, Knox. switched around, and that's the actual chronological order. So Holland, Felix, De Ligt, and Mbappe. I mean, this is there's no duds here. There's no duds. I mean, okay, João Felix, uh, for the money that was paid for him, uh, you have a whole camp that is questioning him, but we all know his talent. That's, we all know his. Co- yeah, you know, you know, I'm already building up. Like you're, you're I'm hedging. Already- <laughs> I'm hedging. But, but if you're gonna if you're gonna take any one of those and start to rip it apart and say, you know, the golden boy didn't get it right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, people are gonna. There's there's hits and misses against Jao Felix right now, but hey, he just won La Liga, so he doesn't give a shit. True. My true. He doesn't- true. True, uh, true. But but who fits there? Pedri. I mean, I, I don't know if you can put a Jude there. It's not as if Jude, Jude was transformative for Dortmund this year. You can make the argument either was Pedri, but uh, they're both they're both just amazing talents, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a little bit of a battle for years to come with them. But I want to say something with what you said with the take about Felix. Yeah. Well, Sanch won the Golden Boy Award. Mm-hmm. And two years ago, or a year ago, not many people were rating Gnat Sanch. And after Swansea loan, people were saying he's the biggest flop on earth. Okay? And I remember talking to you and defending Gnat, saying, look, this is only a bad bad time. He was with Ancelotti. Ancelotti wasn't even playing Kimish at the time. So... It's it's not a it's not a big problem in my head him not playing Khnat. He was having a tough tough stage, you know, and it mentally for a player like him, pff, he needs to play, he needs to play in the right game style. A lot happened. I see the same happening that happened to Khnat Sanch being called a flop, which yeah. right now Jean Felix is being called a flop to by many people. I see the same happening. I yeah. see the same happening. It's tough. It's tough. And and I think those criticisms won't go away the longer he stays within a, a Simeone setup. Um, but either either he adapts or I don't know. I mean, he will. I think he will. Uh, and I really hope so. I really that, hope so. Whole, you know, you know I get all sensitive. I get all sensitive with John Felix I, talk. I, under, I understand. I understand. He's know? like he's like he's like my Christian Pulisic. Yeah. So <laughs> does his brother does his brother have a higher ceiling? Uk Felix, ah, he's a he's a fantastic talent at Seychelles. I don't, I'm not gonna say he's got a higher ceiling, but I did see Uk Felix scoring a wonderful goal against Porto, and go. that got me hyped up. So okay. one to watch at Seychelles, one to watch. 
And you're probably right. You're, Jao Felix is is my uh, Christian Pulisic. That's for sure. I think that's <laughs> that's a solid comparison on my end in terms of yeah. I will defend. I'll defend a lot of these guys today. The so desk. here we got the preview of the Golden Boy. Put in the comment sections who you think is going to win the Golden Boy, because we always like to see the comments. Absolutely. And subscribe and like to this video if you can. Uh, it'll be a huge help. So yeah. our next topic is kind of related to the Golden Boy, uh, but it's 10 breakout stars for next season. Wonder Kids. Wonder Kids talk always. Always. You want to start? Sure, I'll start with one. I mean, he's at the Euros right now. Um, okay. I don't think we've seen enough of him, mainly because Patrick Schick has uh, actually been scoring goals. Um, I know one was a pen, but uh, Adam Plozek is... A, just an, an amazing story um, and only he's a story that not many people know because he hasn't necessarily gotten that that mm -hmm. chance on a big stage but this kid was injured for like 15 16 games last year and mm -hmm. uh, still led the Czech league for Sparta Prague uh, in goal scoring right he had 15 goals uh, and that's even after missing those 15 games uh, he comes back, he gets healthy enough, scores a bunch of goals, and he winds up being, you know, the youngest Czech player, one of the youngest Czech players on the roster. Um, he is a guy that I want to see make a move, which kind of hinders him being a breakout player. But I'm talking about being a breakout player on a bigger stage, nothing against Sparta Prague, but being, uh, you know, a bigger player on a bigger stage. And I think if he makes that move, it's going to be really interesting to watch whether or not he can do that. I do know West Ham has uh, been trying to figure out whether or not they, they want to bring him in, add, add him to that Czech contingent. Um, makes a whole lot of sense. So I, I think that's an interesting destination, and he's somebody that I would like to see break through to the next side. Um, I like him. Good pick. I like him. Good pick. He, and it was so unfortunate, his, his injury. I did yeah. feel you there. My pick is going to be Brian Broby. Why? Yeah. Because I'm extremely excited that Brian Broby is finally going to have the game time he needs. Coming, Seeing him coming off the bench for Ajax in the Europa League, come yeah. on. He always yeah. had an impact. And I expect to see the same at RB Leipzig. Jesse March is the coach. You know him pretty well, better than I do. But what I know is Dominic Schobosley behind Brian Broby means goals. And that's a fantastic duo that's going to be at RB Leipzig next season. Uh, yeah. Exciting times. Guardiol yeah. uh, recently moved there, but you can, you can say Upamecano left. But RB Leipzig is very promising for next season. That's a fact. I agree, especially for a, a breeding ground. Uh, breeding ground, that sounds terrible. Um <laughs> For, you know, yeah. A developing, a, a, a developing, a development club. Exactly, yeah. A, co a collection of wonder kids that we're going to get to watch day in, day out. And the funny thing is, is, you know, Brauby, I think, is going to be what they thought, like, a Patrick Schick or a Alexander Sorlot was going to be up top for Leipzig mm. when they brought them both in. Now, obviously, those are two lumbering, like, target strikers for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, Brauby's going to be a target striker as well as mobile. I mean, he's the Braubeast for a reason right he'll be uh, better he'll be i better. think you're right i think you're right and jesse marsh this is like a perfect segue that you just made picking broby is i think broby is going to be um what kareem adeyemi is right now in the red bull salzburg setup 
And Marsh was essentially using Adeyemi as that spark plug off the bench uh, for, for Salzburg. And he had nine goals, 11 assists last year. And he did it in like not a lot of minutes. Um, so the kid, and yeah, we can argue about the quality of the Austrian Bundesliga, but goals are goals, people, yeah, right? Yeah, he's a fantastic talent. You got to still score him. And with DACA going to Leicester, I know we're getting ahead of the game here, but with DACA potentially going to Leicester, it is going to open up that number one spot for Adeyemi. And I guarantee you, by, barring any major injury by next year, you and I will be talking about which major team Kareem Adeyemi is moving to. Not that Salzburg isn't in that question, right, of really good developmental teams. Yeah. Uh, but Adayemi is one, he, he just he breaks out. He could be out. another breakout. He could be another breakout star we just mentioned here on the on the, I, on the I, I sincerely look forward to the Brendan Aronson, Kareem Adayemi hookup. It's that is be, exciting. That is, is exciting. Yeah. So who's your, who's your second pick on the breakout? Ooh. Well, that would be mine. Adayemi. Okay. Okay. But I can go again. You want me to go again? No, I can. Let me. Okay, I can go on this one. So I'll yeah. say Mukoko, Yusufa Mukoko. Why? Because I want to see if the 141 goals in 88 youth matches really mm-hmm. means business. Yeah. He was the youngest Champions League player ever, and the youngest player to to play in the Bundesliga too. So expectations are the highest. Okay. And you got uh, Holland saying he's a much better talent than he was at 15. Yeah. So I'm hyped. But I expect Mukoko to score all to score goals for Dortmund's main team too. I'm excited. Yeah. He's my well, breakout know, star. I like I'll, I'll watch him. I like I like that pick a lot. Uh, but I'm I'm kind of mad at you right now because I want him I want him under the spotlight. Mm. I just he just needs to come in, work his ass off in training camp, and get the time, which we're pr- pretty confident he will. Um, mm-hmm. He will produce. I think a lot of that in the U- U-17s, U-15s, to the U-17s, to the U-19s, he didn't have any real expectations on his, his shoulders except True. for the social media, like, blow up the stats every time. But I got to tell you, some of the most fun, you know, one-on-one or one-to-one um connections that we saw with the U-17s and the U-19s for Dortmund was that Gio Reyna, when he first came over there, and Mukoko um, yes. lining up together was just so much fun. So I'm with you. I, I expect big things, but I just – let's all let's all take a deep breath and make sure that Mukoko is given the space to get shit done. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep cursing. Why am I cursing? I'm, I'm mad. <laughs> well, you – <laughs> you said it. Giorena with Mokoko back mm-hmm. again. I think that's going to be good. I think yeah. that's good. So who's yeah. the next one? All right. The next one for me is a little bit out of left field, uh, which, uh, sorry for the uh, yeah baseball analogy, but uh, I'm going to go with Jao Pedro. Okay. I like it. Yes. Uh, Watford has booked their ticket. They are on their way back up, and already they're making people go, what the hell are you doing in the transfer market? Um, and I think Jao Pedro is going to get to play through his mistakes. Uh, I think if that Watford has any chance, uh, staying up, uh, this coming mm-hmm. year, I do believe it's going to have to be because uh, Jao Pedro has grown in the championship, kind of like a Harvey Elliott, um, mm-hmm. and has come in except, you know, Harvey Elliott can be worked in. Jao Pedro is literally going to be looked at and said, Hey, remember what you were doing in the championship? Do that again in the premier league. 
right? Um, I so, expect it, though. I expect uh, it, though. It's tough for Brazilian players to go to the English uh, English league straight away, which that, that, I was really surprised how good Richarlison uh, yeah. developed in Everton. But João Pedro, I, I liked what I watched. Like, oh. I feel like Watford really, uh, did a really good signing. I wasn't expecting a team like Watford get João Pedro. Yeah, let, let's be honest, though. They, they signed, like, five people that were not not good quality uh, before they landed João Pedro. So, uh, yeah. And it's it's been a long road with him. It has been a pretty long road with him, right? They've given him the time to transition and uh, for the money they spent. And I really do hope that uh, it's a necessity for them. They mm-hmm. need to see him turn in some transformative moments uh, in order to have some stability and, and stay up in the, in the premier league. But I, yeah. I think we can see it. You, I think you got a good see. pick there. You got a good pick there with Trump. Thank you. <laughs> so my next one, <laughs> I'm going to go with Zaniol. I know it's not a bold pick because we already know that Zaniol means business and he's a fantastic talent, yeah. but a player that comes back from an ACL injury is always doubtful if he's going to come back the same way. But I've seen a couple of pictures and Zaniolo looks fit and he looks ready. So I'm extremely excited to see the Mourinho slash Zaniolo link up. And I have seen Mourinho even comment that he's extremely excited to work with Zaniolo. And I think he's going to redeem himself with youngsters. Okay? Because Mourinho, I I believe in him. I believe in him, Mourinho. Come on. Bring it to to the Portuguese people. Come back. Wow. (laughs) Redeem himself with the youngsters. Well, I, I can't think of a better youngster to redeem himself with. Zaniolo, right? Yeah. Um, Zaniolo, I mean, he needs it. Yeah. I just, I'm, I hope, I hope he stays healthy. I, it's just one of those ones where, well, he was, it was not once, right? It was twice. Uh, I think it's, he, he's definitely had two long injuries. And yeah. I know the second one is ACL and it's and so he unlucky. was on, I mean, he was on fire. Yeah. Uh, before I the first one and he had come back, he had like just scored his first goal again or whatever, and then got injured again. But yeah. I'm with you. That's, that's an aspirational, like this type of thing. We're really, really pulling for him. And, uh, also you got to pull for Jose Mourinho to mm-hmm. yeah, do, do his. It's a <laughs> breakout. Gonna... I expect yeah. a breakout. All right. Well, my next one is another one where I'm, I'm just, conf- I don't know. I love this player. I know you love this player. Uh, every time he's got the foot at uh, the uh, ball at his feet, it's magic, um, and it's uh, Rayon Cherky. I mean, good it, pick. He is. He is just a freaking magician. He's a bad man. He is. Cherky he, is a bad man. He is, and I just he needs that. With Memphis Depay leaving, um, I I do think it's it's time Leon to start to lean. Lean on your academy again, right? Yeah. And uh, you've got some people there, Malo Gusto behind that. And, uh, you know, oh, crap, I didn't prepare the other two or three that are, like, on the tip of my tongue right now. But Cherokee is one that, yeah, I mean, he, he was able to get some starts last year. He had some ups, some downs. He needs to be able to play through his mistakes. Yes. He does make mistakes because he's he's very offensive-centric, a lot like mm-hmm. a Hudson Ben Arfa, right? I agree. Um, and I just want to see that happen because he's got that natural ability that, that like yes. something else that je ne sais quoi, right. Yeah. That, that 
we know that the foundation of a generational talent is built on. I can't call him a generational talent, but I want to see him break out and he has to be given license to do so. Or you said it right. You said it right. He's got the foundations of a generational talent. You said the Ben Arfa. If you're a Ben if you're listening to this and you like Ben Arfa, you'll absolutely love Ryan Shirky. And what's what what's good about this is that Shirky is performing at Liga at such a young age. He's an under 18 talent, uh, French descendant, uh, no, Algerian descendant, but it plays for France. Mm-hmm. And what he scored a clutch goal with a, such a cold celebration against Monaco. And I think this kid is destined for big moments. I think Shirky loves it, loves the big moments. Clutch goals, I think, and it's not the first time he scores a clutch, clutch goal for Lyon. Uh, so yeah, you got a good pick there. You got a good pick there. I thought about that one. I thought about that one. All right, who's your next one? Uh, my next one and my final pick is gonna be Eduard Eduard Quaresma of Sporting. Okay. Uh, why? Because Eduard Quaresma, not this season, last season, he was he was playing a lot with Ruben Emery on the late stages, mm-hmm. and he was performing extremely well, but this season. Uh, the time was given more to Fedal, Gonzalo Inacio, and Coach. But I have a feeling that next season we're going to see a lot of Ed- Eduard Quaresma. Okay. And I'll tell you a quick a quick story about him. Like, I'll never forget, like, seeing the Under-17 European Championship mm-hmm. and Eduard Quaresma being the captain of a team with Paul Bernard, Fabio Silva, uh, a team full of stars. And I think mature-wise and confidence, he's got it, okay? He's not afraid. He's a people's guy. And I know I'm speaking a lot on the psychological part, but I think it's really important, especially for a center-back, to be an intelligent person, okay? Because you need to anticipate, you need to read the game. And Eduard Quaresma is that type of player. He thinks with his brain and physically. He's a fast player. He's got good pass. He knows where to be on the pitch. And I'm extremely bullish with him. Extremely oh. bullish. Wow, you're using a stock talk. All right. <laughs> uh, so so he's, uh, he's te- well, we can't say Tesla anymore. He's Apple or something. I don't know. That's, that's, good. that's good to hear. I mean, I know he did get a, a brief spell in the sporting squad uh, end of mm-hmm. all, not last season, the yes. season before that, correct? Yeah, and it just was—he was just shut out by players. Oh, sorry, doing really sorry. Well. When I meant last season, it was like the other season, like the, the season. <laughs> not the one that we passed. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, uh, and, and see, that's what you got to say. Like Rayon Cherky, right? He's he's got an innate talent mm-hmm. with the ball at his foot, and he's fearless, and he just he'll take you on, and he will leave you, yeah, in his trail. Uh, Quaresma, uh, though, having high IQ for a young age is another one of those kind of foundational things that you can build exactly. The off of. And uh, we've got there's just there's a lot of a lot of young <laughs> players like that right now. There really are. Do you want um, to talk about the moves that they can do though? We got ten minutes here, so yeah, I got one more, and I'm just gonna quick shout out because I you went with one Portuguese player. I'm gonna go with Gianluca Busio, who. Who has who has shown that he can do it at the six? He's shown he can do it at the eight. He's shown he can do it at the ten for Sporting Kansas City, and I believe it's time for him. He's already broken out in Major League Soccer. I believe it's time for him to. He's got an Italian passport. Let the kid fly. 
Um, um, and I, I would imagine he lands with a Serie A club or an Eredivisie club at some point in the near future. And first, he's going to hopefully get called into the Gold Cup roster and kick ass. So he's one I, I really would like uh, people to watch because he has taken a big leap from, hey, that kid is a 17-year-old. is pretty decent. To now, he, I believe he's 19, and he is he's just phenomenal to watch. So um, that's our last one. But straight to transfers, right? Let's keep moving. Let's go. You go. You go with it. I'm feeling you. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I got to start with Pats and Daka, right? We got Jesse Marsh moving over to Red Bull Leipzig. Totally thought Pats and Daka was going to go with him to Red Bull Leipzig. I told yeah, you. you. You did tell me, and I I didn't listen. I like I never like I never do, Alex. Um, <laughs> Pats and Daka, thirty four goals, twelve assists last year in forty two games. Uh, yeah, again, we can talk about the quality of the Austrian Bundesliga, but I mean. This kid, you have guys before him like Erling Holland putting up similar numbers, Sadio Mane putting up similar numbers, Muna Stabur, mm-hmm. who I believe actually did play pretty well upon moving on from Salzburg, uh, Dominic Sobeschlei. Um, yep. These guys have put up very similar numbers in the same league and arguably a, a league that's been getting better because of how good Salzburg's been doing in the uh, European uh, competitions. But imagine him... In a Tielemans, Madison, uh, I mean, I don't know what you do with Ihi uh, but uh, Patsandaka, I, I just, he's he's good for 10 goals next year, potentially, in the Premier League, if all yeah, goes well. I agree. And the style of play that Leicester play, I can see Patsandaka filling in the boots of Iheanacho. And I dare to say, I can see Patsandaka having a better season. I know Iheanacho had a fantastic season, but I'm going to go bold. And I wouldn't go. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Pasendaka had a better season than Ianachu had for Leicester. Yeah. And it's it's. I'll, I just want to say this because I'm thinking about it nonstop. Yeah. Sumare and Pasendaka, just Great. these two transfers. Okay, just these two transfers are way better than anything that I expect to see from Arsenal or Tottenham. Just these two, Sumare and Pasendaka. Just these two. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. It's tough, man. They, they lost out to Buendia. They're losing out to Ben White. You got people that they're not even fielding bids for Smith Rowe, which I think is smart. They can't sign OR. I just feel bad for Arsenal fans. And just- I, see, I see some comments on TikTok. Oh, uh, what do you think of Kamavinga coming here to Arsenal? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, why would Kamavinga go to Arsenal? You saw what happened to Gendouzi. Yeah. That wasn't good. That was not good. <sighs> this is this is a time to trust your youth if I'm Arsenal. I know that there's a history mm. and heritage uh, and and getting the most out of your signings for the most part, uh, at least, you know, for the earlier stages of the 2000s. Um, but come on. You got Smith Rowe, Saka, Tierney, who's obviously not uh, Arsenal mm-hmm. built. Uh, but obviously he's won a nice um, a nice fandom in, yes. at, at Gunners. Uh, you got Balo Gun. You've got a bunch of phenomenal players that are coming through here. Uh, now's the time. You don't you don't have um, continental uh, worries. Uh, you let it happen. Let it marinate. Build it from the ground up. I do like the idea of bringing in a guy like Albert Sambi Lokanga from mm-hmm. Anderlecht because he's a freaking warrior. And he was for Anderlecht, and I know all Anderlecht uh, fans will support us, and he's just a class guy. 
to put him in a, in a midfield with party sounds pretty amazing to me and let them work through things and get it done. But yikes, I'm with you. And I hate it because Arsenal, I remember growing up, it was, wow. I mean, me too. Uh, But you did mention Tierney. The only reason why I think Arsenal fans really like Tierney is because we, when you see Tierney play, he doesn't want to lose. He hates losing. And I think what Arsenal fans are sick of is a complacency, not just at, on the field, but at the top. Yeah. It's complacent, okay? It's complacent, in my opinion. The wrong decisions are being made, okay? Yeah. Aubameyang, where you at? Where is Aubameyang? Like this, he got the extension. Okay, now deliver. Because you're, get, you're getting world-class money, so we want world-class performances. Mm-hmm. None. And... That's why I think a tyranny. If he if he was getting paid, what Aubameyang's getting paid, he he's the type of player of emotionally he 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 gets so frustrated. I can't even imagine I know. players like Saka, Tierney, yeah. they show they really love the club, and I feel yeah. like that's why Arsenal fans love him. They wear their heart on their sleeve, and yeah. you know it, it took it took a transfer embargo um, on Chelsea. Uh, to to start to actually trust some of their youth. And I get it. Arsenal did play some of their youth this year. I understand mm-hmm. that, right? Um, but build around them and, and give them the tools to succeed and, and bring in the right players, not yep. just the wrong players, and, and you'll get things done. And that's easier said than done. We don't make the big bucks to do this. Uh, mm. and, and we can... We can uh, argue every side of the coin here, but I just want to see Arsenal fans get better. I want to see Spurs fans get better than, than what they currently are getting from their higher-ups. And uh, I think we could probably leave that there, right? Because there's a lot yeah. we could unbuckle there, and maybe we what? need to have some you know, Arsenal fans on, on the uh, whatever. We'll do something in the future. But anyway, the other one that happened, you know, you had Wijnaldum go to uh, PSG, PSG instead of land at Barcelona. How about Depay to Barcelona? What do you feel about that? What a move. Yeah. What a move by Barcelona. I don't... Th- if I if I was me, the Barcelona rebuild wouldn't be done the way it's being done. But I know that the conversation was, look, Messi, you want to win, right? Yes. You need... You want, if you, no, if you're going to stay, you have to win. Like, we need a team to win right now. So, uh, I'm not surprised, but... Mm, I think it's a Coleman demand too, and I don't think Coleman is going to stay long term. So I'm a bit here and there with that transfer. I think it was a good transfer for now, but long term we're going to look at it and we're going to say. And and, you know, I just need to add kind of a counterpoint to that. Not even Barcelona related. The whole Lyon thing is just kind of they finished fourth last year, right? But to let Depay go for free, it's bad management. Well, yeah, what, what is going on there? I mean, wh- what is it going to take? And this is a whole other episode we could do. Maybe as the club season gets, we got gets two up. minutes, so like yeah. it, it really what, has what to. What do we have to do to see the Chris's and the Sydney Govus and the the Janinos and the Essians and Maludas, mm-hmm. uh, Benzema's and Abidal? What what do we have to do to see that again at Lyon, right? <laughs> um, and maybe Rayan Cherky is is the uh, the reason I don't know or the the catalyst behind all this. I have no clue, but. <laughs> Tottenham, Arsenal, Lyon, bring them back. Bring them back. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, Lyon was winning Liga. Every every Liga was Lyon, 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 and I was yeah. Then PSG came for and conquered it. So this was episode nine. 
I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you're here, please like the video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, check us on Spotify. That, that if, if there's any way you want to help us, it's playing the video, playing our videos, liking our videos, and just showing support. And I'll tell you what, we take constructive criticism. So please send it our way, things you want. I know we're going to try and get timestamps and other things kind of move in here. Yeah. But, uh, and there's just so much football to talk about. So we can't get to everything. But ideas, uh, topics, things you want to hear about, let us know. We're always listening. Okay. See you guys. Yeah.